Good morning and welcome to our Pacific Morning Show. Happy Monday, happy 8 a.m. We hope you are doing really well as you prepare to go to school, work, wherever that may be. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, today's episode, we're really excited because we have an awesome special guest. And his name is Esther. He is a creative videographer doing some amazing things in the industry and traveling to some amazing places as well. We also have our host here. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> This is the second time. This is not going to be cut. This is the second time he's interrupted in my intro. But we're going to keep going. Thank you for that. I understand um, you were trying to get that timing right, but all good. That's that's all right. I'm just excited. Yeah. And we're here with our team, as usual, Therese and also Isor. Thank you so much, guys, for coming through. Esther, how are you today? Feeling a little bit nervous, but yeah? cool to talk about some cool subjects. How's your week been? Uh, pretty busy, so... Looking forward to a lot coming up next week. So, yeah, yeah, just trying to chill this weekend and then ready for the chaos next week. Yeah, chaos next week. That's a good chaos. way to put it. <laughs> How are you, Therese? Good, good. Um, yeah, just been trying to work and figure things out. <laughs> Same as everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, but it's been good. Getting through it. Yep. Alive. I'm alive. Grateful. This microphone smells like a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thank you so much, team. So let's get straight into it. Um, our talk of the day. As usual, we talk about something that's relevant between, um, you know, our Pacific communities. And I wanted to talk about um, the Te Matatini um, funding. Te Matatini? Yeah. Oh. Yo. I know you have, sorry, Iswa, I know you have the numbers on that. Could you share with us I'm this? I'm, I'm not just sitting this here. This issue. Just texting my girlfriend or <laughs> just actual stuff here yeah um yeah so the government allocates 185 million dollars to build a resilient cultural sector and support cultural sector agencies to offer their services and strengthen supports for maori arts culture and heritage of that 185 million 20 million gets allocated to the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. Creative New Zealand gets about 17 million. Um, and the Royal New Zealand Ballet gets $8 million. Mm. Te the Olympics of Kapahaka, mm. received 2.9 million. Really? That's after an extra $1 million boost. Mm. So they were originally going to get 1.9 mil, but they got 2.9. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So really, Modi be out here fighting for money in their own country. Absolutely. And it still comes with caveats to, oh, you've got to reach a certain target of da-da-da-da-da. And they had higher expectations put on them as well. Like the engagement rate was higher compared to the other people that got funding. Mm. Um, they had to reach more people which I thought was pretty unfair. And even the stuff, the posters that was hanging up at, at the domestic airport, it's like, it says, we are Maori. Mm. But somehow um, people have been able to get offended over mm. a poster that says, you know, <laughs> that celebrates their indigenous culture. And so my question, and what I wanted to ask you guys this morning is why so fragile? Why is it that when someone celebrates, someone has to 
be like, oh, steak. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys are like, what do you guys think about that? We are Maori. Imagine if that science here. We are white considering all of the uh, historical connotations and uh, mm. things that are people who claim that the white race is superior to others have done. I think that's not a good look. And also, like, bro, let's be honest, man. You're in your own country. You can scream out, at, you know, how much you love being Maori. Like, uh -huh. I encourage you to do that. Mm. Yeah. Fa mole mole. <laughs> Please. And thank yous. But, yeah, let's just keep it up. Who cares about what other people think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we need to rally behind and support them to increase that funding. Because, man, I went Southern Cross um, growing up. Mm. The kapahaka competitions were bizarre. Like, I wasn't in the kora. I was in the bilingual part of Southern Cross. But mm -hmm. right next door was the kora. Practices, lunch. Like, all the time they're practicing. And they put so much effort into their kapahaka. Mm. So it's yeah. like, I'm like, glad that I got the understanding young. Just seeing our Māori um, school next door how much um, value they put into their yeah. work. Mm -hmm. And if an orchestra is getting like three times the amount and the kapahaka groups can range from anywhere between 50 to 150 people, mm. mate, 150 people, that's an orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about it, Esther? Um, I might come from like probably a different angle. It's more like they only support it when it's necessary like for example you can you can see why people love new zealand only because they know new zealanders for being maori mm -hmm. and they do the haka and when people do the haka it's like oh yeah and now you have like a full stage of it and then you come to find out that it's not even being funded properly mm. and then you see like something that i don't know i don't know too much about matatini um, but it's pretty sad to hear that that's happening. Yeah. Mm. And well, sorry, what was it that gets funded more? The, is it the ballet? The, the Royal New Zealand Ballet. Okay. And so, the like, Philharmonia. Who even watches that? Oh. Like, <laughs> what a boring thing to watch. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. What we're gonna do here is trash Pavlova. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, like, come yeah. on. Yeah, I agree with you all. Um, we're on. I can't believe this is like Maori land and they're still needing to jump through a hundred million hoops just to get, barely get funding. Yeah. Mm. Um, versus ballet, like that's crazy to me. That's insane. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. It's, uh. I mean, no, it just shows that we still got a lot of work to do in those systems. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, yeah. Maybe some of those people who wrote those fund applications just come through and write the fund apps yeah. for Tematatini. Come on, guys, join Brr. them. And then, boom, mm. 185 million or two. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that would be cool, but I think those same people that write those apps, are the, they all mix in the same circles and yeah. the same people getting all the funding. Can you write a funding application for me, please? Yeah, <laughs> I'm me extremely too. poor. No, but I think I think yeah, we just need to rally behind them and support them in the small ways that they can, and uh, hopefully that changes. Yeah. But I think it's something that definitely needs to address, um, be addressed as funding. 
But let's get into our quote of the day. Yeah, let's get into our quote yes. of the day. Bring some positive vibes yeah. up in here. Because I stole this directly from Esther's Instagram. <laughs> nah, I like it though. And we'll get your perspective on the first Esther, but let me just read it out loud for you. To be treated well in places you don't expect to be treated well. To find things in common with people you previously had very, very little in common with. That can't be a bad thing. What what sort of significance does that quote have to you, bro? Mm. Or what does it mean to you? It could mean like many things to different people. But personally to me, I mean like, for example, in the city you wouldn't go to certain restaurants because you feel like you're not at that level. Yep. So you don't go there. You go to something where you see more common of our people. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. It's like being able to go in there confidently and being like, I want to order something because I can, you know, mm-hmm. and not because I'm brown and it's an issue for me to come in here. Mm-hmm. The way I see it is like when I started working, um, I always chose to be like, when I applied for job, I applied to be a packager, boxing, but I'd never ever think in my head to be like, I want to be in the office yep. type mm. thing. And I feel like that's um, a mentality that our people, or like in our areas, you know, um, just need to see more of, you know, like don't see yourself as like a laborer. It's yeah. okay to see yourself in the office. It's okay to see yourself as an accountant, lawyer, or creative, you know? Yeah. Um, and having a nine to five isn't bad either. Mm. Because you need that to support this. Mm. No one's gonna support this if you have no no this. Mm. So that's just the way I saw it. Mm. It's just trying to be like, how can I find a nice quote to go of something that's so unrelatable mm. <laughs> on a picture? Because people will look at it and then look at the caption and be like, oh, really sit back and be like, damn. And the thing is that people don't when people don't react to it, low-key people are, like, really feeling it. Mm. They're really feeling it when they read it. And you sometimes it takes, like, five times to read it back to get a different angle, kind of like a scripture, you know? Mm. You can read one verse, but to someone else it means something else. Mm. Um, but that's what it means to me. Mm. Oh, mean, bro. I like that. It's like wanting more for yourself. Yeah. And it's not okay. But then saying, like, you're wanting more for yourself, it's not looking down on, you know. Oh, nah. On people or anything. Yeah. It's definitely because, like, obviously you need people to make things work. You know, if I think if Polynesians weren't here to do the fruit stuff, no one would be eating fruits. Yeah. Because oh, they don't yeah. know how to do anything. You know, <laughs> they're too scared to get their hands dirty. Yeah. You know, so as sad as it sounds, we are working people. Mm. But at the same time, like, when we tap into things that are not um, shown to us that we can do, ah, next level. Mm-hmm. You know, you start seeing yourself. When I got myself a job in a call center, I was like, oh, crap, I'm actually on the phone saying, oh, welcome to Vodafone, my name is Esther. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I would try to put on my widest voice. Mm-hmm. But behind that, someone's like, doesn't know, it's like this full islander. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be in the space as well. Yeah. So that's just trying to not limit yourself no matter where you are and what your current situation looks like. You could be like living homeless and just looking around you and be like damn but the situation you're you're in right now could can change yeah just by one decision whether you read that back and be like damn i actually can mm. as long as you see it for yourself you can do it 
Yep. Man. That's very powerful. I got nothing else to add. That was. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to enter these spaces because yeah. they can look after you. Yeah, no, no. Mm. Yeah, I could have just said that. Don't what? be afraid no. to enter these spaces. I went on nah. like this uh-huh. whole circle. I, mean, I like that. It's all good. It's part of the creative, the creative part. But um, that was a mean quote. I hope you guys that are listening can relate to that. Dream big. Um, expect more outside of you know the usual that you think you've conditioned your mind to um, to put yourself into and get out there and make things happen. Good morning. We'll be right back. Oh, stop recording. Welcome back to our Pacific Morning Show. Today we have the amazing creative videographer who was doing some big things in New Zealand and overseas on our show. Esther, welcome to the show. Esther, thank you so much for your time. But we're just going to get straight into it. And um, we wanted to talk about your background and your upbringing. Where are you from? What was it like growing up? So I'm going to open the floor for you to tell that story. Yep. How was it? Cool. My name is Esther. I'm 28. Um, come from South Auckland proud and um yeah i came from a household of just to paint the picture uh, mom dad mom's siblings and their kids my own siblings and there was more than 20 of us staying in a three-bedroom house um that was owned by my mom my dad and her sister Mm -hmm. and um it was like struggling but i didn't know we were struggling at that time, when you're young, you just think everything's normal until someone t- comes in and tells you that you're poor. Mm. You know, that's the only reason when I realized, I was like, looking around, it, I started seeing everyone else's things, you know. Everyone had phones before we did. Jeez. Everyone had internet before we did. And, yeah, it was, I would say it was a good childhood for me um, at the time because I didn't have many friends. Mm. And a lot of... Um, you know what the parents say, don't be friends, don't make any friends, go school and learn. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's what well, my parents were like, your friends are your brothers and your sisters. These are the only friends that you're ever going to have. Mm. And that really stuck with me. Mm. You know, my brothers are very, very, um, I have five younger siblings who I am very tight with. And we have these kind of conversations with no cameras and we just cry it out. And mm. then we like fight each other. And then we, you know, it's, mm. it's the best um Thing that I've learned from being broke mm. was knowing that my siblings will have my back mm. regardless if they think um, some dream is so impossible to reach mm. you know sometimes you say your dream and your other brother's just doing the side eye one day mm. you can't do it but at the end of the day they're going to support you and that's that's something that I learned about um, from my own background um, I went to Pep High um, and I was a drummer I played the drums. Um, the only reason why I learned how to play the drums because I was forced to play the drums. I heard um, you were the drummer for Nisian Mystic. Oh, I was one cook and then all of a sudden I was like, I'm, I'm part of the Nisian Mystic team. <laughs> oh, I love Nisian Mystic. If they did another concert, bro, I'll be first VIP ticket, man. Straight up. <laughs> I'm a Nisian Mystic fan. Sorry, carry on. No, chill, chill. Um, it was just a gig that I was given during high school 
And when I played, um, you know, the, it's, there's a lot of different things going on all at the same time while yeah. these things are happening. Um, my brothers went to jail. My parents have never been to any um, interviews, right. parent-teacher interviews. They've never, none of my mm -hmm. siblings have ever had that. Um, so when I hear people have parent-teacher interviews, such a, like um, a trigger, you know, because yeah. I'm like, wow, you're lucky your mom got to come and see this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But my mom was so busy, mm -hmm. she had to work, yeah. you know, she had to work two jobs. And she started off, my mom started off as a cleaner for in New Zealand. And she worked her way all the way to the top. So the funny thing about that is like, people thought we were rich because we we're traveling. Mm -hmm. Like we we're going Hawaii, we we're going Samoa, America. But no one knew we were traveling cheap as. Yeah. With no money. Yeah. And we're going to stay with family and then going to like the free attractions. The whole time we we're just like flexing, pretending we were rich. The whole time it was just free trips and just um that's why I'm so grateful. You know, you have one part where I'm like got the um luxury of travelling and you come back home and this is reality. Mm. The reality is like no power for a couple of weeks, no water for a couple of weeks. And all at the same time, you got jail, you got people knocking on doors, come pay the bills. And that's just everything happening all at the same time mm. while growing up and seeing all of us lie in the kitchen, just sleep next to each other, you know? Um, that's all happening. But we're like us kids, we're just enjoying, you know? We think it's like a mean ass time waking up with yeah. your brothers and your cousins. But not knowing that this is what our parents are going through. Yeah. You know, just struggling. Mm. Yeah. And our family at the time as well was, they had a family band. And it was such a really well-known band. It was called the Fat Tala Tala. Mm. And at the time, all of us kids were young. And my older siblings, they were even part of the band. Like, they were playing the drums. My oldest brother was playing drums. And my other brother was playing the piano. The other boys, they were like lifting all the equipment. It's like hard labor. Mm -hmm. And then my mom's siblings were all playing the instruments and singing. Mm. And that was like my introduction into music. Right. My family is so talented, like yeah. not even tuning anyone's horn. All of them can sing. And I'm just like, what did I get? <laughs> what did I get? Can you I sing didn't... though? No, nah, I can't sing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nah. As are those humbles, like yeah. those yeah, humble yeah. ones, like can't sing. No, I can't and sing. Bust nah, I, genuinely, <laughs> like, I genuinely can't sing. Yeah. Um, my siblings, though, they can sing real well. Um, they can dance. They can do all the stuff. And when it came to me, I was kind of sitting there like, surely everyone can play. <laughs> everyone can play something. And I'm like, damn. I didn't know I could play anything until my older brother went to jail because mm. he was a drummer. Mm. So he went to jail. And before that, he started prepping me because I don't know why, but yeah. he just started telling me, hey, come. And I was like, oh, man. And the whole time, they're, they're savage, bro. They're like, I'm playing the drums and I'm going off. I'm not playing to the beat. And everyone's just looking at me like, you're slowing us down. Yeah, yeah. The whole time they're looking and you can hear it on the mic. Monty's like, you're slowing the song down. <laughs> and it's just embarrassing. The church is like watching and I'm just like crying and playing. Yeah. And my brother's like, and I was like, the whole time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hate my life. <laughs> I hate my life. My other brother's trying to support me. He's playing the drums. He, oh, he's playing the bass. And he's like, come on, man, please. Yeah. It's embarrassing. And then eventually I started playing the drums and I thought I was going to be a drummer. Um, 
but yeah, that's yeah. Oh man, yeah, it was like a total shift from being a drummer to a videographer. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, well, and yeah, doing that, like in between, there was a time when we're me and my my friends in high school, we wagged school, and we got caught by the cops, mm. and the cops dragged me in, and my dad at that very day. My brother just got released on probation. Mm. The power went out. The water went out. Oh, how Everything dude. went out on that day. Uh, <laughs> and, did you come and ringing your bell? <laughs> and my mom was on the phone. She was like, yeah. and I was like, just listening like this. I'm like, shaking hard out because my friends were sitting there too. And their mom, you know, their someone as well. Their mom was like saying, they're going to come give me my hiding. <laughs> and at the same time, you know, when they're saying that and they're smiling, you know, the parents are smiling. Talking to the teacher, the teacher's like, it's okay, you know, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And my mom's like smiling and saying, I'm going to give you the worst height, <laughs> yeah. you know. And when you translate yeah. the language from Samoan to English, it's it sounds very really bad. Yeah. yeah. They say stuff like, just just off, off stuff that you kind of, I just learned about it when I was probably like 18. I come around, I was like, you want to cook me in the oven? <laughs> like that kind of, like those kind of ones. And I was like, whoa, eat all the toilet you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. just like stuff like that they don't realize that yeah. later on it's just like very very bad mm. um at the time my mom's smiling and talking to the teacher and she's looking at me like with her mouth pointing like this that's where you know you're gonna you're gonna die today yeah and at that point um everything was off so my mom sent my dad in, and my dad's very soft he's the softest man loving man my mom's like the tough one yep and I'm playing the drums for Polyfest. I'm playing the, playing the drums, playing the drums, boom, boom, boom. And then my brother just comes in, boom, from behind. And the drums stop. Everyone's looking. They turn around. They're like, oh, you can hear everyone's like, oh, like whispering. And I was so ashamed. <laughs> Wait, like, that, so that didn't hurt. Yeah, I was like trying to, trying to hold my, right, my anger because yeah. I was like, oh, my God, another time. Yeah, yeah another yeah. time to be embarrassed. <laughs> Flip. I was like, I was standing there and my eyes are so worried and my hair is naturally curly. And it was an afro at that point. Mm. And when you have hair like that, it does a certain yeah. kind of effect. <laughs> like the punch wasn't that hard. It was just like, your hair, you know when you get tackled? Yeah. It just looked like that from my head. Yeah. And when my brother done that, you know, I just went like, oh. And I was like. <laughs> you know, I was like. I was so embarrassed that my brother was like, you, you think you're cool, wagging? Can't you see the power's off and everyone can hear it? Everyone can hear what's going on. And obviously, because I was playing the drums, keeping everyone from um, dancing, <laughs> now I've completely stopped and they're listening to what's happening in the back. <laughs> to the point where I was just like, oh. And the tutor came over to me and was like, are you okay? I was like, oh yeah, I can't play anymore. I was like, I have to go home. Mm. So the drums and everyone's like, oh, littles. <laughs> They're like, you're good. Oh. But really, you're just like, man, yeah. just you're making it worse. Yeah. You really yeah. are making Stop it worse. Stop looking at me. Just, just go in peace. Yeah, yeah man. Everyone's like, when they start asking questions, like, are you all right? Yeah, that's nah, when they are rubbing your back and yeah. looking at your face, eh? looking at your face for some tears or something. Yeah. Does it look like I'm all right? <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm like walking away. Everyone's like, littles, see you tomorrow. I'm like, you're not going to see me anymore. <laughs> like, after today. I'm running away. Was like, last after time. today. Changing my name. Hard out. And then, after that, you know what? I came back to school the next day, and I was like, wow, your brother's scary. <laughs> and they're like, 
at at that time they already knew like a history with my family. Yeah. Like just the family name. Um and it created like a kind of stigma around me and my brother who was attending that school at the time. Um and everyone just thought, ah, don't don't mess with them, their brothers will come. Yep. And one time, my first day at high school, I got jumped. I got jumped at high school from not waving at a girl that I've never met before. What? Yeah, I've never met this girl before. She waved to me and I didn't wave back. I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know you. Yeah. And or maybe I just didn't even see her. Yeah. I was just like, oh, what the hell? And I was walking back to class and then this girl comes up to me and she's like, why didn't you wave at me? I was like, I was thinking, is this a joke? Because I don't know you. Yeah. And I'm very shy. I'm a very shy yes. person. So I won't say anything until like I warm up and I was like, was she talking to me or what the hell? Yeah. And she was short, like shorter than me. Yeah. And I was like, this girl's scary. And her brother came from behind and held me while she was like, whoa, 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 like going, <laughs> going 100. And later on, my brothers came with their bandanas and you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they came with their bandanas and yeah. everything. And they're like, who did it? Yeah. And I was like, Stop! Yeah. It was a girl. It was a girl that done this to me. And she she started it. And they were like, they went back home. Sorry, they went back home. And um, a lot of those kind of situations happened a lot. Right. When I got into trouble or like something was happening like that, my brothers would always come. So that was the energy that everyone would yeah. always see. Yeah. And um, how I have a good friend called Julius which me and you have um, connection with. Um, Hi, Julius. What's up, Julius? <laughs> Wherever you are. Um, and uh, Julius was my day one guy. And his brother and my brothers were like very, very tight in high school. And we would be going through the same thing. So we clicked very quickly. And we started saying that we were bloods around the school. <laughs> we thought we were bloods. And Royal Lake is like a very um, Tongan um, School where yeah. everyone was crips, like all yeah, the kids the were Tongans crips. Are there. Favona boys are there. Don't trust and it was much. like, yeah, it was like these two fobs going like this, doing this. <laughs> they have no, they're not even in it. You know, we're not even in it. We're just yeah. doing it because our older brothers were doing it. Yeah, and you're like twelve, right, or thirteen. So I was eleven and way smaller than I was. Yeah, yeah. like I am now. Yeah. <laughs> One time, my brothers came to the school. All of them came, and we had our, f- our four-wheel drive. There was like. I think six of them in the car. And they pulled up and I was like, where am I going to sit? He's all came in the car. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, everyone's like waiting right over here. And there's a crossing and they parked right here. And they're like calling out to me to come. And I was like, think I was cool. Think I was cool. My brother got out of the car, opened up the boot. And I went and <laughs> sat in the boot. Oh, God. And there was like, the the funny thing was like, Everyone's like, Liz G. I was like waving my hand from the back window. <laughs> they couldn't even see me. Yeah. But the whole whole um, idea of it was like, these are my older brothers, mm-hmm. you know? Like that was the idea. These are my idols. These guys, I really looked up mm-hmm. to them. Um, I still didn't look up to them, you know? But to a certain point mm-hmm. in, in that time of my life where I was like, whoa. And then I was like, really, whoa. What's going on? You guys are all going to jail now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. just paint, trying to paint a picture yeah. of what my childhood looked like. Um, 
Yeah, that like was you, such a loving one there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I loved some of the points that you brought up, especially how you didn't know you were poor until you went out and someone told you you were poor. Yeah. Um, a very relatable experience, the state house experience. When you grow up in state houses, you're like having so much fun mm. with your cousins. Sleepovers were mean, like it was yeah. a movie night, TV two, whatever they were checking on <laughs> for yeah. the night. But you've really framed for us, you know, the background that you've come from. So you've talked about a bit of your school life. What was it like when it came to finding work? Finding work. To me, that was, um, I started working when I was in high school at a very young age. My brothers went to jail and I started working at Main Freight as um, for work experience. And not long after that, I was offered a role to just carry on doing what I was doing. Just mm -hmm. like packaging and like putting it into the bays and ended up getting my fork license, forklift license. By that time, I was only 15. I wasn't working legally. Wow. The guy, he, he felt sorry for me, the yeah. owner, like yeah. the, the, the CEO at the time. Yeah. Um, his name was Dave. Shout out to Dave. Um, he's a white man too, and he was very good to me. Mm. Um, he saw the situation that was happening in my family. My mom came in at one point and she was like, Tell him to give you a job. Like, I was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, just relax. I need to work here for one week first. Mm. And then I started working, and then they were like, yeah, we want you to work. Started working up until I was 17. And at that time, and you had that kind of money, I was making like, I would say $700 a week. Mm -hmm. And I was going to school late because mm -hmm. my shift would be from like 2.30. I'll leave school 2.30, pick up my siblings who are still in school. And then I'll go straight to work. Nah, and crazy. that will be till 12. Yeah. And then the next day, I'll have to drop off everyone yeah. and then make my way to school. By that, by that time, it was 10 o'clock. I'll get to school. Everyone's like, bro, this guy's just wagging. Mm. You know? But what's happening is that mm. I'm trying to make money for my family. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was working there for like two years in high school. And I just decided to quit. One day when me and my, my mate, he's, he just said to me, gee, keen to drink? <laughs> and I, went, I went and I got fired from oh, Main Freight no. because wow. I didn't turn up to a shift. Yeah. So just, just because of that, I started learning how to be more disciplined, punctual, mm. and just respecting opportunity when it's given. Mm. Um, because we don't have it easy, mm. you know? We don't have it easy. And when it's given to us, they'll definitely look into you and see how well you do the job. And one step out of line, you're out. Mm. We don't, we're not given that um, grace period mm. um, like, like other people would. You know, they'll be like, you have a discipline, disciplinary um, meeting. Yeah, yeah, and... meeting. My mom was just straight, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's me. How do I tell my mom I'm not going to be working there anymore? Mm. When, you're, um, when you were working and at school, what was it like at school? Like, cause you're you're talking about like turning up late sometimes. What were the teachers? How were they like? I think they had given up at that point because I was already such a naughty kid, mm. and I was like a class disruptor. Like mm. I would just be telling a joke and not knowing when to stop. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden we turn to the teacher and then start everyone starts roasting the teacher. So they would already know what. I am like my character. Right, yeah. right. So they'll be like very like that's that one. There's no point. No point in trying, in trying to, like, to discipline him. Yeah, or... yeah. 
and I had I only had two teachers. There was a media teacher and a music teacher that were really that really really believed in me. Mm. And I had a music teacher. I felt like sorry for it. I was like, I'm never gonna yeah. make it that far. She's like, Yeah, you can do something. She was so desperate that she even got that um, Nisha Mystic gig for me to play in. Oh, wow. And I I played it one time, and that was it. I was like, Oh, it's not for me. Yeah. She was like so sad, and um. I had a media teacher who, even though I came into late, or came to school late, mm. she still let me come into her class, even when it was my class. Mm. I'll just sit there and just muck around. Yeah. Until like she gave me a camera, so she gave me the camera f- to take photos for the school ball. I ended up stealing the camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I ended up stealing the camera, <laughs> and she knew. Do you still have it? Nah, I don't know what, what happened to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you shoot heaps on it at least? Yeah, yeah. I shot, um, I shot the school ball and then my friends in the garage and then that's it. You know, yeah. it didn't go very far before I. I think I sold it. I sold it. Just that whole lifestyle of getting something and then just trying to have it, like mm. it's not even yours. And here you are, like taking advantage of something that someone's given to you, and here you are playing around with it. Can I just say this, like, the hood mindset, though? Exactly. Um, There's no PhD thesis written on that, but it's like, the hood mindset is very dangerous in a sense that it's reacting out of um, some people are always going to take from you because mm. you've always been at the bottom. Yeah. So before they take from you, you got to take from them first. Mm. So I can understand mm. why that was... You know, just considering the story you told us about your background, mm. why you adapted that mindset and why you're behaving in certain ways. Yeah. Because in the hood, it's like, nah, I've got to take before they take from me. Yeah. It's yeah. always that standover <clears throat> um, mindset. Yeah. Like you could walk down Otara at this time. I'm not sure if it happens now, but I would walk home from Pap to my grandma's house in Otara. And um, she would just, I got stood over for my phone. Mm. Like someone just came up to me and was like, "Give me a phone," and I was like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> like you know, I just gave it, yeah. yeah, knowing that my brother's gonna come find you. Right. Mm. It's just that mindset, is like, and I started playing around with it. I was like, "Yeah, you know, you've watched this, my yeah. older brother, and I'm the smallest one. My brothers are like huge. Mm-hmm. They look like huge island men, like really, really big men. Yeah. And at the time, they were all coming. Um, the guy was um that took off my phone. He got caught. My other brother went and done something, took got my phone back, gave it back to me, and I went, I went around telling the story like, "Yo, my phone, got, I got stood over for my phone." Yeah. And yeah. here's me thinking this is cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and I start talking about it, and then encourage the image of these kids will never change, mm. no matter how hard you try, they'll never change. Especially when they're seeing that we're taking pride in what we're doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. they see that, oh, they're prideful, it's going to be harder to convince the teacher or whoever, the social worker, to even believe in us. Yeah. And then it makes their job even harder. Yeah. Mm. What was it like, because um, you were working full time and also going to school, like at a really, like in the crucial years of your schooling? Because that's, was that like NCA level one and two? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, most students, when they're like studying and working towards that, they're just, when they hit NCA level one, they're like, oh, well, we need to focus now. We're in those like final years of yeah. trying to get uni entrance. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, did the teachers know that you're working like full time, pretty much, as well as studying, as as well as schooling? Um, um I don't think so. I don't think they knew I was. Um, only the careers people would know. Would know because they're the reason how I got into yeah for it. right. But I'm not sure if they shared that information to the teachers and. Plus, the limit for me to work was only up until like nine thirty, mm. but I needed money. You know? Yeah, yeah. My family needed money, and um, yeah, I would work way past. Yeah, yeah. Way past that time. So were you were you so um like using that to support your family? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure, we'll be traveling. Like we're just it's just like small money. It was like trying to drive to the prison. Every weekend, mm, that was see, family. Yep. see my brothers, and they're in two different places. One was in Parimoremo, the other one's in Spring Hill. Mm. So that's like one going towards Wellington and one going towards Hamilton. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so my mom will go this side, and sometimes my dad will go the other side. So, yeah, just trying to make ends meet. Yeah. Can I just say that's like honestly so admirable, like that work ethic of you working to support your family, like that's so beautiful, as well Thank as you. like going to school to also try and like mm. you could have just dropped out of school <laughs> I don't know how you did both like that's incredible and I think if the teachers at the time knew that you were doing both I think they definitely would have reacted differently exactly and yeah. would have treated yeah. you differently mm. yeah yeah that's why teachers should know that not everyone like if students are playing up and if you were like being disruptive mm. I think that that was more of a um Teachers should realize that there's other things that happen outside of school. Absolutely. Like mm. in homes and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's so cool. Yeah. Just wanted Thank to you. like. I appreciate yeah. it. And instead of it like being a sign that, oh, I'm going to give up and then it should have been a sign that the person needs further help. Yeah. Or right. that there's something mm. going on um, yeah. in your life uh, yeah. at home. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've noticed like when I was young, it was more like getting attention for people to love me. Yeah. And that's, that's what some people don't want to admit, you know, like saying. Yeah. Especially the boys, you know, it's like one thing, like, you don't want to tell someone, oh, can you just give me a hug mm. and not tell oh, me off? Don't, yeah, mm. don't, we can't say that. Yeah, you can't. Can't say that can't out loud. Say that. Yeah, mm. and it's very hard. And like sometimes it's like you don't want to be a burden on people. Yeah. yeah. And because you think you're already the provider, yeah. you're like trying to uphold this thing without showing people like, damn, I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm yeah. this, I'm this, I'm this. It's all but that like, pressure that builds up. It's that pressure. And sometimes it's hard to explain to your parents because they never got that. I always say it's a luxury to be depressed because for us, we couldn't, we can't sit there and be sad. Right. We have to figure out a solution yeah, fast. Things happen right. fast. Like things happen not, very fast. That's so true. And then like you could have processed one family event that went down really badly. Yeah. Then the next day something else happens and it's like. Okay, I'm used to this now. And sometimes pe- what hap- what was happening in my life at the time was like, people thought it was like a story I was making up. Right. Because it was like yeah, one so thing after real. the other. Yeah. You know, it was one thing after yeah. the other. Your house, you always say your car broke down. You always yeah. say your car broke down. It's like, gee, because it happened. And then they think yeah. you're a liar. And Teachers are like, yeah. why did you come late? And you're like... I honestly had to go and move the car and then the car broke down. Yeah. Now I blocked everyone in. Like just yeah. stories like that. And the teacher's just like, yeah, okay. It was, it was more like that <sighs> like they don't for me, believe, yeah. yeah, I feel you on that. But, like, all those, like, 
things that happen are like all due to like not having enough money, right? <laughs> so it's like your car broke down, like all these things. Well, and then you have to go through like yeah. a different avenue to sort that out. Because if you had money, you would have just paid for like AA or something, yeah. right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we yeah. don't have. I mean, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. What a cool point to bring up. And it was more like the process um, where I learned from my mom. She obviously, when you have no money, you'd head up wins. And for me, I started seeing my mom do that a lot. Yeah. She'll turn up like face to face, and she's such a. Um, I'll say she's very, very strong, very, mm. very uh, strong personality, and her character is very, very. Um, I don't know. How to, people would know her for being like. But at the same time, know her for being like loving as well. Yeah. Because mm. we could have like tough love. Yeah, tough, very, very Old tough love. Tough love. Yeah. Mm. When I told her I want to be a videographer, she was like. That's not going to make any money. Yeah. yeah. Why? What a waste. Yeah. Go yeah. uni. But like people, people react. In, in my personal opinion, I've never been to uni before. And I've never studied ever, apart from uh, high school, um, was when, like when you say something, I saw something actually, where people celebrate when you get a loan to get approved to a school, you know, to a uni. Mm-hmm. People celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Yay, I'm like, when you really break it down, yay, I'm literally $100,000 in debt. Actuals. You know? And then, but when someone says, I've just invested $500 into my personal business. That's such a different People attitude. are like, oh, I better be careful there's a scam. Yeah. Or like, be careful this is this. Mm. Be careful you can't make it that far with this because people are this. And then they come up with all these excuses, you know? And it literally brings myself as a creative now that I see myself like that, when someone said that to me, I was like, man, this is why we're here. This is why we're still down here. Yeah, we're still in that mindset. Yeah. That, that needs to change a lot. Um, but thank you so much. We this, The episode's not done. We've got more to talk about, but we're just going to go into a quick break. We'll be right back. Good morning. everyone welcome <laughs> what are you looking at me like that for gosh hi esther how are you you beautiful man what are some of the more challenging things that you're doing now as an artist you know from like your previous life and like just in contrast to now mm. own it I'd say just meeting commercial criteria now. Yeah, is probably very very challenging, but I can see how it upskills myself, like, and how I enter different rooms. Yeah, because I think um, from before, I was just creating with no just my own ideas, you know. Mm. And you think it's mean as, but to someone else, it's like mm. stink. Mm. Um, but because it's a brand now that I'm working for, it's like everything's got to be real good. Yeah, high quality everything mm. and sometimes your creative input isn't accepted because it's not aligning with the brand mm. um, could you yeah. tell us a bit about the brand that you're working for and the cool things that you do for them I currently work for Helen Stein's Me. Um, brothers mm. and I do all the video content and um, photo shoots 
um, for e-com and all of that cool stuff. Um, it looks glamorous, but it's really not. It's really hard, but I guess if you put in the work, you can you start to enjoy the other stuff that comes with the job, which is like traveling for free. Mm-hmm. Um, like the trip that's coming up right now is um, going to LA and being able to go with a company. Um, like ages ago, I put up an Instagram story saying, one day, one day when your career and your your career and your uh, dream comes together mm. one day that's gonna happen that's what i wrote mm. on my um, instagram and when it happened and they said i'm gonna be traveling um now i've traveled back and forth from australia and here it's just crazy to be like telling someone that i love is like i'm going to la now yo mm. it's not like probably like i'm going for mean as big shoot yeah but a small person from south auckland saying a company is paying for them, for their skill, to go here and it's do it. Huge. Is like, for me personally, that was like one of the biggest achievements. Um, what would would your fourteen year old self like mm. be like within your wildest dreams? Could your fourteen year old self mm. be like, wait, what? That's me. That's me in the future. Yeah. You know, like just thinking back to how you like came up and like you're not you know you're like bro like mm. my the, the trajectory of my life could have been completely different mm. you yeah. know sure yep it was like my 14 year old self already saw where i wanted to be but it was always very far yeah mm. and you just be like, i want to be a millionaire this is what i want but i'll never say out loud i'll be like this is what i want you know yeah. this is what i really want but i'm gonna tell these people Nah, I'll just see where I can go and this and this and this. Um, I'm happy with anything. And I think that's where our people kind of just limit ourselves. Like, I'm happy with it. They start being content with where they're at now. And then that's their limitation. They don't like to see any any further because it looks like, it looks like it's too far. Yeah. Mm. And like from my 14-year-old self, I think... I would be like, how? How did you go there? Yeah. Mm. Who did you, who did you <laughs> go steal this from? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like my mindset back then would be like, if I if my brother was owned a gym, I'd be like, drugs, mm. gang money. You know what I mean? It would just yeah. be like that straight away. Mm. My yeah. mindset would be like that. So for me to be like, someone's telling me, how how did you get there? Like, what did you do to get there? And I think that some people miss that processing part. Of like, how did you get there? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's it's really looking at how did you get there. Yeah, but it's like, damn, I had to fight. I had to mm. fight. I had to take myself out of South Auckland mm. just because my environment was so hard to look at. My environment mm. was a garage with all my papers, with my ideas. But then I would only stay in the garage because this is what I was seeing, just right. like the garage walls and nothing else. And I didn't leave South Auckland much because I'd be like, nah, city's for for all those Afakasi Palangi ones. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the mindset. And all yeah. those uni students, that's all they do. They go yeah. there and they yeah. they drink and stuff. And nah, I want to focus. But not knowing that sometimes you do have to change your environment. Mm. And that could include cancelling your friends and just not even talking to them anymore. Mm. Because at that point, you gotta you start to evaluate who's actually bringing you value. 
value is so important, right? Value is very important. Mm. Value is like, to me, is like someone being loyal to me mm. without receiving anything back. Yeah. And I felt like that was me. I felt like I was being loyal to a lot of people, but no one was giving the value back. Mm. So I was like, sweet. And reciprocation is part of healthy relationships. Yeah. Mm. Like it's, just, yeah. it's part of it. There's no yeah. such thing as like give one person. Yeah, give and take. Yeah. So totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's like no offense to my friends um, <laughs> back then. Uh, I still keep in touch with them. But just it's just like a different, mm. not even looking down on them. It's just like we have different lifestyles now. Yeah. I, it's, and it's okay if you want something better. Like everyone will be like, what I, what I want to be. Yeah. You know, right. that's like what I want to be. But really you're like, damn, I'm looking at my family, bro. Like mm-hmm. my family comes from here. And to take them somewhere where we're like going on a holiday, like just, for example, Macca's was a privilege. Mm. You know, it was like mm. once a month kind of thing where you'll be like, damn, my dad's going to get paid today. Mm. We're all going to go Macca's. And being able to, now, just that small little thing, is like I can just buy Macca's whenever I want. Mm. You know, and that that little bit of value to me is a lot. Mm. You know, and from looking back then, to now, it's like, damn, I've created a value for myself because I start to value everything around me. Yes. Yep. Value Amen. the things that I worked hard for. Yep. You start to realize, like, damn, your parents were right. Look after the house. Mm. It's not even ours, yeah. but it's Clean like it up. People, mm. will, people will look at it and be like, respectable. They'll be like, these guys actually look after, even though it's not their thing, they don't own it, they're renting. But once you take care of it and the space, you start creating those little habits. Mm. I started watching this guy on YouTube and he would dress up and I'll be like, that's pretty sus. Mm. Why are you dressing up like that? But it comes with, you know, the lifestyle. Mm. Once you get something, for example, you make some certain amount, you don't see a millionaire, millionaire person like acting a certain way. You know, they're very work-based, professional mm. and I wanted to be like that. Mm. I wanted people to take me seriously. And in order to do that, sometimes you got to say no to a lot of people. Yeah. Mm. For them to be like, hey, aren't you the yes guy? Mm. You'll say yes to anything. You're a keen for anything. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not keen anymore. Yeah. So nice. there was a lot of that. Mm. And a lot of um, individual talk. You know how you're saying like you talk to your dog? <laughs> you out of me, dude? Was that on camera or off camera? <laughs> yeah. 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 I used to talk a lot to myself. Mm. Yeah. to a point where I'll say something and I started building confidence because I was like I didn't know at the time that it was called affirmations yeah. Mm. <clears throat> where I, there was one point where I just sat in front of the mirror I just started crying hey, I was just like bawling my eyes I was like what the hell am I doing and I literally looked at the mirror and I was like my, I was even just by myself mm. look at the mirror I just didn't even want to look at myself saying like I love you to myself mm. and just that little one little bit was like changing for me mm. even though it took it didn't change straight away i was like man i love myself straight away i wasn't like but it took every day for me to write everything everything to be like this is what i want mm. and this is what the steps that i have to take to get here and it was just more of that mm. yeah i like that you emphasized on environment because i feel like that's something that should be driven more like for example, like plants, mm. they don't grow on like 
in a in a place that has no sun, water, mm. and um, air. Do you know what mm. I mean? You place a plant in where soil is, good soil is, good sun, it'll grow. Yeah. So I'm very like, I think people need to understand that part more because it's the same as our bodies. Mm. Like we need certain things. We need love, like the human needs, and we need our own mental well-being, like support, like the affirmations you were talking about. Yep. But I think it's important environment, and it's hard when you're born and raised in South Auckland. Yeah. You know. Yeah, or just yeah. any kind of any kind of place like that. Mm. Like I didn't know out west was a thing. I didn't yeah. even know West Auckland was a thing. I thought it was just South Auckland and then the city. Yeah, because yeah. how... West Auckland's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. Yeah, I and I just that. thought like that's it. You know what I mean? I didn't even yeah. know there was like West Auckland people that acted like the way I was acting. Yeah. I thought it was just South Auckland all the way. Otawa, Me too. <laughs> and GI Rewa. as well. I didn't know that was a thing till later. Irrelevant. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know these places existed. In terms of like <laughs> thinking to be the hood, mm. I don't know. There was those kind of places in other areas in Auckland. I thought South Auckland. That's how, like, how, how much I didn't listen in school. Mm. I didn't know about the South, East, West. I just thought it was straight South. It's just well, <laughs> I thought it was just straight it's South. Tunnel vision, you know. Yeah. yeah. You kind of like all I could see is this. Yeah. And this is all I know. Mm. Yep. You know why am I gonna try and expand and find out that other people are having the same struggles as I am if if it's not going to help me in any way. Mm. So I completely understand when, you know, when some people are like, bro, I didn't know you were struggling with the same, you know, especially with men. Yeah. You know, like, will be like, if I open up my feelings about something that's going on, you mm. know that, you know, the other guy is thinking of this, like going through the same struggles. Yeah. Different, might be different situations mm. and stuff like that but yeah you know sometimes it just gets like that your tunnel vision is just like you're just so focused on your own surroundings or yeah. your own surroundings are limiting you yep. that you know when you do break out of there and you're like there's a whole wide world here whoa yeah. oh wow KFC from somewhere else tastes exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes it's that thing is like there's a saying that I, I thought I made it up, but then someone else said it, and I was like, oh, we have the same same idea. Yeah. It was like the um, sometimes you're in your own way. Yeah. You know, sometimes your your ego is so big that you're in your own way, stopping your own opportunities, pushing away the people that really care about you, mm. and trying sometimes even their feedback. Hey. Eh? Yeah. I was really good with that. My mom is probably the number one feedback. King A, <laughs> not even the Queen G, the King at feedback, <laughs> and it's the feedback with the arms doing this, <laughs> like they do this, you know. And it all starts from I'm pretty sure we could all relate. It's like Sunday school or something like that, where you have to learn something, and then the feedback comes in. Yeah, make them believe you love Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was really interesting listening to you speak. Um, your journey is incredible. But um, now that you're in the commercial space, I think that's so cool. And I also think that it must come with like a lot of, I mean, before entering the commercial space, a lot of like challenging conversations around value um, yeah. with yourself, like as in like, how did you, yeah, at what point did you, because you would have had to make like a massive transition. Mm. 
into understanding like your worth in terms of like um yeah and well, yeah how did how did that work i'm so interested in that like especially in like, the commercial world um coming from if you're like a freelancer yeah right you tr you don't know what to tell people when they're like how much is your hourly rate and you're just like oh it depends oh uh, <laughs> yeah you start creating these avenues to be like oh what's your budget you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. all these type of hard things that also become an obstacle from you being where you want to be mm. yeah. and when someone i have a really good friend um she passed away and she told me she was like if you don't tell someone your value they will tell you mm. and i was like oh snap my head just went oh snap but still i don't know how to price my stuff yeah. yeah i still don't know so i started asking other videographers and then says and and they were also even when i asked other videographers they would be like kind of standoffish you know? yeah and i'm like whoa what's going on why is everyone like this you start and then i i got to this um this job and this girl goes like this to me she'll be like i'll pay anything and i just made up a rate i just made up a rate and then she paid it and i was like hmm i actually started breaking it down calculating as a videographer if there's any videographers out there you know how hard it is to mm. be like if someone doesn't give you a reference of something that they want you don't know what yeah um, they're expecting yep so i kind of gave it to her and then she was like happy with the video but then she had feedback and i was like kind of scared of that too they're like why is it cutting off on her head like just simple things like that i was like yeah. oh man reject, reject, yeah, reject. yeah yeah like i'm never gonna do that again and once i like kind of built my portfolio and just kind of just created my own um just started working you know sometimes you get to in the beginning you have to earn your stripes mm. you have to do free work mm. otherwise no one's gonna be keen to refer you yeah you know and that's one of the key things that i've learned is like just probably be selective of the um free work you want to do mm. make sure it aligns with who you are and everything that you want to get into that space and then people you know people start referring you mm. um and that's something that the reason that's how i got my job Einstein's. mean someone called Appella Appella Bell he's the man photographer as well and he's a real good um uh commercial photographer he does a lot of stuff for Vogue as well like crazy wow. he mm. called me up and he was like hey man do you want this role here yeah, they um they're looking for someone and the role was like a really high role really high value paying mm. and I was just like oh damn I don't that's where I caught myself I was like what you think you're not at that level yet yeah mm. after doing all these years of free stuff and working your butt off to be like nah don't mm. that's corny you know then yeah like yeah. why don't shoot yourself before you even give yourself the opportunity to take it yeah and funny enough i was laughing out of the interview because i got a um, call straight away said i got the job and i was like oh my <coughs> god i was sitting there called my mate julius because julius and i was like gee i got the job and we're just laughing so we're like yeah. yeah just two fobs yeah, just yeah. two fobs in south auckland you know and look Killing. at where we are now it's not the top top you know it's not there but we're going there you know yeah and for someone if i was at the age in high school and i saw someone that looks like me that was tatted up mm. and is doing something completely out of character i'd be like whoa you know, and I feel like that's where I'm at now. I just want to be like, man, you can do it. 
and the only way I can do that is like probably through video and just like captions. Yeah. You know, just the smallest. Everyone's, everyone's um, uh, it's like three seconds to try and get someone's attention. Yeah. And if the first line punches, man, everyone's like clicking. They're like clicking so hard on it, and it becomes something where someone, some kid, there's only guys that hit me up, and they're like, bro, thanks for sharing that message. And for me, it's very, very heartwarming because I don't know what they're going through. Mm. Could have been suicide, could have been anything. Mm. But just like that one thing that they saw that this kid from South Auckland is now here doing this thing and traveling, that's like, whoa, I can do it too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's, yeah. That's cool, thank you. Cause I, I, yeah, the understanding, the value thing, like that's a hard thing that a lot of people try to like work through, or like Pacific people as like freelancers, creatives, like that's mm. it's really, it's a weird conversation to have. It's because we, well, just for me personally, yeah. I call it this. Sorry, like if I had my bow here, I'd, I'd get a big ding right now. <laughs> but I call it toxic humility. Yeah. Like, you know, we were so used to just, you know, oh, I'm you know, just going to be humble. I'm not going to, I'm not going to toot mm. my horn. Oh, how much do you think it's worth? Man, that reminds like, what is it? That reminds me of like the first time I was trying to land one of my biggest contracts at the time. Mm. And a, a, a friend of mine, I gave him my rate. And the competing rates were from other bigger organizations. Mm. Mm. And I sent to mine. And I also sent through my draft of the example of work that I wanted to do. And you were like, bro, you're blowing out all of these like... 10 plus year professional mm. graphic designers and you kind of only do this on the side and you're paying you're charging us less than quarter mm. right. of what these guys will be charging us and i was just yeah. like oh okay and then he was like nah we like your work and we're gonna kick it up and i was like oh mm. yo yeah you know and sometimes yeah and you're absolutely right you know like if you don't know your own value other people will dictate your value to you yeah so it's time to you know sometimes just gotta sit down and be you know what if it's if i'm like five hundred dollars for a day of my work Mm. like that's Mm. cool you know if you get to a certain point where what is it they i i heard there was this rumor back in the day that um if Bill Gates dropped a hundred dollars, it'd be a waste of his time to bend over and pick it up. Ooh, yeah. You know, like if, <laughs> if you want to know what the value of your time is, yeah, yeah, you know. So not that's saying, like, yeah, not saying everyone's gonna be Bill Gates, but mm, that's like the biggest like um, action of self love, though. Eh? Oh, yeah. Is like knowing your value and yeah. saying no when you need to, and yes. and um, yeah, like. I love yeah. that. Thank you guys for sharing. So, can I just ask you one more, like one thing? Yeah. What was the like the ma- the major turning point for you? Can you talk to us about your experience out in the wilderness? Oh, yo. Outward kind of, yeah, yeah. That that you know, because you said you said earlier when we were talking off camera mm. that that was a major turning point for you. Mm. Yeah, outward bound was something that I um. I went to uh, from Wins, Rick and Income. They told me, go here, you've been naughty, 
and this will help discipline you. And here I am, like free holiday, get yeah. there, and they're like, no phones for a month. Uh, you gotta train every day to, you know, you gotta prepare yourself for like what's gonna happen out there. Mm. And here I am hearing hiking for the first time, tramping for the first time, um, solo nights for the first time. And wow. for someone who comes from a really big family to sleep next to my siblings every day and then yeah. sleeping next to no one yeah. was probably like shame. Yeah. Now you're gonna be by yourself. Yeah. Your mom's not here, your dad's not here. What are you gonna do? And that the thing that I took away from the whole outward bound experience was I learned that I always gave up. Like wow. it's like some very sad truths that just come up. It's like you always give up when it gets hard. Yeah. You start to run away when things get hard. You like you don't listen, you have you don't pay attention. It's just all these things that came back to me personally that I was like, Whoa, here I am thinking I know everything because of this mindset that I had. And I've put somewhere in where I can't apply that mindset. I was put into the middle of the jungle, like mm. out in the South Island. And the solo night we did, it was like a seven day solo night, was when I really learned everything. Mm. It was like when I, the experience was coming to an end and this was the last week and I had time to myself and that's when the self-talk started talking yeah i just talk to myself and be like gee where do you want to be <laughs> you know where do you want to be in your life like where do you see yourself in five years that was one of the questions that the tutors asked and i legit like i legit sat there and i was like i i actually don't know mm. i don't know what i want to be i don't know what skills i have mm. and no one believed in me enough to be like you're good at that you mm, have a good yeah. eye for that yeah and i started realizing all these things and and the biggest turning point was when I realized I don't listen. Like I'm so quick uh, to defend yeah. and not back it up. So I was like finding out that everything that everyone's tried to teach me is because of ego, pride, and all of, thing, all of these things need to come down. And I had a whole um, humiliation session at Outward Bound. I was put in such an uncomfortable place. Yeah. And I can't hide behind anyone because I don't know anyone. Yeah. I didn't know all these people that I was being put together. Some of them were business people, business owners, and majority of them were white people. Mm. And being changing my environment was probably the best turning point. Yeah. When I realized I went came back to South Auckland. Obviously the habits come back when you've been in that situation. Um, and your environment's still the same, um, I finally decided that I will leave home. Wow. And in the Polynesian culture, it's like, yeah. you don't do that until you're married. Yeah. Exactly. We don't do that until you're like up here. Yeah. Or you, it never happens. Yeah. You know, and when I'd done that, my mom was very, very sad. It was like the okay. biggest disappointment for everyone because I was the only one who left home um, not married, you mm. know, haven't succeeded or anything, haven't mm. done anything... Um, yeah, I I just had to do it. I had, I just had to disappoint at that moment. Yeah, you know, for them to be like believe in yeah. the now, because mm. right now my mom and dad would be like, yeah, that's um, Esther's work, you know, mm. you know, right now they're like, but at the time, I was trying to tell them, I was like, just trust me, just yeah. trust me, this is what I want, and sometimes you're gonna get the saddest talk, 
Um, and that's what I got. I got the, you don't listen. This is against like our family. And sometimes it feels like you're, you're challenging the world. Yeah. You know, and cultural um, beliefs. Yeah. Mm. I didn't go to church. My parents are pastors. Yeah. Mm. And that was probably the worst. I was a drummer of the church. And just those things were the biggest um, hurdle for me to jump over mm. in order to get to where I am now. Mm. And that's, I would say that was the most challenging, is telling your family. Because mm. sometimes your family, the worst ones, eh? Yeah. They could be the worst critics. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially when you think they, you need support. Mm, yeah. And from other families, it would be like, hey, Timmy, go do what you want. Mm. This is your, the world's your oyster. <laughs> and you have our parents who was like, you stay here, go work, go sleep, come home. You know what I mean? This it's, is your oyster. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is your life. Like, this is it. Yeah. And you make the money, come back. And, you know, that's just what they know. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I had to push the boundaries a little bit, make them sad for a little bit mm. in order for me to be here. And, you know, now they're like, yeah, all the kids. Now all the kids are like getting the nice treatment. Yeah. The, like the younger siblings, they're like, <laughs> do what you want. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Go on, <laughs> live your dreams. You know? <laughs> Thank but, you, um, Esther. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paving the way. Like, While yeah. you're like, this, hey, like holding back your <laughs> yeah. tears, and you're like, hey, what about me? That would have been emotional. Yeah. Yeah, it was very emotional. Mm. Especially when they're all crying. Like my mom, dad, my dad's just like sitting there like sad ass. And my mom's like crying. And she's like, why are you doing this to us? Like there's 10,000 other kids in this house. <laughs> yeah. Like can you put the energy into them? Yeah. And um, here I am trying to make something. And uh, it was hard. Yeah. Especially your family is the hardest because that's, for Polynesian people, that's our core. Yeah. And that's the main drive as a family. You can't, you're trying to support your family, but your family's telling you no. Mm. So, how do you, sometimes you have to break, yeah. break some hearts. Amen. You, know? you gotta, that's how you, you gotta leave the nest in order to learn how to fly, bro. Yeah. And look at you now. Yeah. You're doing so well. Thank you so much. Um, honestly, I'm always so amazed when we have conversations. This is amazing. And people are able to see the contrast being raised in the hood to what we can achieve. Yeah. And I think the stories you shared with us today is honestly very heart-touching. And we're so thankful that you've given us the time to share with us your stories. It's going to add so much value. I wish when I was 14, I heard stories like yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wish I could open my phone and go into a podcast and be like 50 different Pacific Islanders doing great things. But when I was 14, I was watching Spongebob on TV, on TV, on the yeah. And all I know was... Spongebob is valid. I love Spongebob. But... um. All I knew what was he was saying, the tunnel vision. Mm. You only know what you know. And now, like, you guys are all amazing people. You saw Therese. We're in these spaces and we're learning these new things. And I think your story is just so valuable. But thank you so much, Esther, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Hopefully not a last day. We got some more episodes on the way. Now, thank you so much, Esther. Good morning, everyone. One more time today. <laughs> um, unfortunately, 
it is our last show with the amazing uh, young Miss Therese Laulu here to my right. Um, she's found some an amazing opportunity. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, sometimes you can't split Absolutely. your focus between two different things when you got to commit to here and commit to there. And uh, yeah, kind of sad to see you go, but how dare you? <laughs> um, but I'm so proud of you, Therese. And yeah, I just wish you all the best. Mm. And I cannot, like, I can't even say what the project is. We're not allowed. Yeah. But uh, it's some something cool. Something super cool. Yeah. And honestly, I was heartbroken with his hobby. And I know, I love we've been friends for like, we're going on to five years now. Yeah. And I'm so, I would, I never want to be the type of person to block you from embracing the opportunities presented to you and providing for your family as well. So we're ultra proud of you and we want you to, Fly graciously like a dove. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, you know that I love you both, um, and I've known you both for like a really long time. Mm. I've known you so for like almost ten years. First <laughs> 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 yeah. ten years of my life. <laughs> 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 um, no, but um, and and I've known like kind of like you said for like you know five years and. We've been really good friends even before this um, podcast. And mm. so I'm really grateful that you guys always like see me and support me and always want the best for me, even if that means that we can't work together. And Amen. I want to miss you guys and miss seeing you guys like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and talking in the group chat <laughs> at stupid hours in the morning. I know. With the randomest ideas and things. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, this is, um, thank you for believing in my dreams and also playing a massive part in, in those dreams um, by supporting me. And honestly, you guys both have played such a huge part in my journey as like a creative, whatever mm. that means. Um, and I'm, I'm really blessed to have you guys both like in my life and as friends. Stop us. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you too. Thank you. And just in saying that, sorry, just my say. Just in saying that, any last words to our Pacific Morning Show? This is not the last time I'm going to get her on as a guest when her project <laughs> yeah. unfolds. Yeah. You guys will be in 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 the loop with that. So, any last words, my sis? Any? Oh, this is um. No pressure. <laughs> the pressure is getting wasa. <laughs> I have no last words. Um, I think. Yeah, well, like what Isola said, um, I'm just trying to, I'm trying this thing called the power of one. You know, like when you're like focusing on one thing. Mm. Mm. Um, I honestly have, my mind is blank. I've got no more <laughs> to go. Now that's my fault. <laughs> I put you on the spot. But, but um, mm. just, uh, just uh, really quick, briefly, just thank you to everyone that's been watching the show, that's been supporting, that's been liking, all my family and friends. Thank you for sharing even if you haven't watched it but just because <laughs> that's me thank you for your love and support um yeah and i'm really grateful to everyone else who's been tuning in um yeah Amazing. it's been a beautiful journey thank you therese uh we wish you all the best on your journey and let's do our last good morning together guys good morning, morning. <laughs> good morning good morning good morning good morning
morning, Pacific. Good morning. Good morning.